From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, ravenous reader Liberty Hardy and I rave about 10 books coming out in 2024. It tied my brain in knots in the best, most delightful way. It's so, so good. But first, it is our chance to sit back and relax with two excellent humans. With us this week are the co-hosts of the Just Between Us podcast, Gabe Dunn and Allison Raskin. Welcome back, you two. Hello. Oh, that's how she opens the show. She always does a hello <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just giving people a taste. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, okay, so another week, another round of Burden or Delight. This is the very ridiculous, extremely low stakes game that is exactly what it sounds like. We're going to talk about three different stories and decide whether they are burdens or delights. All of our stories this week happen to be food related, which is extra fun. Uh, let's start with double dipping. Bon Appetit recently came out with an article unpacking the actual mouth germ load that happens when a person dips and then bites and then dips again. I feel like I shouldn't say any more before checking in with you, Allison. How are you hanging in so far? Wow. What a yeah, fucking yeah. read on me. You're like, Gabe, who cares? Covered in germs. Basically pig pen from Charlie Brown. Allison, how are you? Well, as someone with contamination OCD, yeah, I mean, when I saw well done, you what know. this was, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, but I will say I have always been uh, cautious around a double dip. Mm. But I am weirdly okay with sharing like drinks and food with mm. people I'm close with. Right. So like if I'm out and it's just like me and my family, I will do like a cursory, is it okay if I double dip? Like I, I think the I think the move is to ask That's a nice thing sharing to ask. it with. Yeah. Um, but like in a large group, get a spoon and put some on your on your plate. Oh yeah, that is the way to do it. And then you can do whatever you want with that little Yeah, you can double dip the shit out of glob. that. <laughs> I agree actually. I agree. I think you can I think put it on your plate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, that is I, the move. I agree with that. I like what you said Allison about like to me if it's a person who I would share a drink with, you know, or like offer like, "Oh yeah, try this beer." Then like odds right. are I feel like that's the equivalent of double dipping more or less, right? I mean, you know, I think it depends on the group is essentially what it comes down to. I will say, I mean, the burden of a dry chip is such a bummer, right? It's like that dip chip ratio is so important. Why don't you just well, scoop it on? Scoop it on so tall. <laughs> well, another way is the rotation. So yes. if I don't have my own plate, yes. I'll dip one side, dip the next side, dip all around. Yes. So I've, I've kind of pre-double dipped. So I'm good to go. <laughs> Ah, that's amazing. So would you do a, do a rotation after taking a bite, like a like a baby carrot? Would you bite a baby <laughs> carrot and then reverse <laughs> it and then dip? It depends how much I respect the people I'm with. What? <laughs> what? I'm going to need you to unpack that one, Allison. <laughs> if I'm with people, like, for example, our, our producer, Melissa... And I know that that would absolutely disgust and offend her. Sure. I'm not going to do it. Okay. But, but if, if you didn't respect her and you knew it would offend her, <laughs> then you would I said a little inflammatory thing. It's more like what I think that they care. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like we're sort of half and half on the double dip thing. Like it could be delightful, but there is, there is a burden element of it. 
Is that a fair No, I think assessment? the article was a total burden <laughs> because it basically said that you are spreading germs. Yeah, I mean, the study from Clemson said, yeah, there were between 100 and 1,000 times the number of mouth germs transferred to the dip. But like, what are mouth germs? We're all getting mouth germs all the time. That's kind of how I feel, you know? Like, is it a wash? Maybe. Would you double dip with a total stranger? No. I wouldn't see that implies something. (laughs) There are friends I wouldn't double dip with just because not because I think they're particularly clean, but because I think they're particularly gross. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I have no evidence that they're gross. Maybe just their houses are are not clean. Mm, yeah. well, that's a ton of evidence. Yeah, so that, that, is, evidence. that is a ton of evidence. Okay, let's move on to our next eating <laughs> subject, which is about eating snow. Uh, had y'all seen this thing about Reese Witherspoon? Did this like, I know you two are both extremely online, so. Wow, that hurts, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I did not see it. I love Reese Witherspoon. Same. I do Same. think uh, that... And I've done work for Hello Sunshine, so I mean, mm. she sold it, but I just, I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, on the Witherspoon agenda payroll. Um, <laughs> you just said that you are. Well. No, no, just one time I was, no longer. Yeah, this is just um, a, a disclosure, Alice. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I did not see this snow thing. What was it? What was the, what was the okay, recipe? So <laughs> she, it snowed in Nashville recently. And she posted a TikTok video about making a snow salt chococino. That's what she named it. First, we scooped the snow into cups and we added salted caramel syrup and some chocolate syrup. Ooh. Because we like how they taste together. And then we decided to add some cold brew just to have a yummy coffee flavor. Oh, that's so good. And as you maybe can imagine, she got a lot of shit for it. A lot of Why? people had many concerns about pollutants in the snow, which okay. is like not a thing I think about that hard. But man, Allison, is this whole conversation just so triggering for you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I first saw the 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 topic and then I wasn't thinking about what Reese Witherspoon had done mm-hmm. I was like yeah like kids will like occasionally yeah. try snow dogs will eat snow yeah. like whatever if you're outside and he- you're thirsty and it's snowy <laughs> but then the idea of like purposely going out there to collect snow to then like mm. make a fancy drink mm-hmm. is gross to me mm. like yeah. That I and I mean so basically when we dug into the the science of right. it, it is possible that some snow is far less contaminated and fresh than others. Yes, I didn't know that whole thing about like the fresh snow being the worst because it's still sort of like filtering stuff. And then it was like, wow, how much environmental science do like what is snow? Do I couldn't I tell you. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in the end, the Washington Post article that talks about this is like scientists are kind of like, eh, like. Sure, if you ingested a lot of snow, it probably wouldn't be great for you. But like, you know, avoid the brown stuff, avoid the yellow stuff. You're probably going to be fine. Well, she's very folksy. Her whole brand is sort of like, I'm folksy. I'm from the South, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What does folksy mean? I drink whiskey. I'm Southern. I got weird Southern sayings. I'm just like you, you know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So she's probably just trying to be like, I'm relatable. I'm quirky. I'm like... Yeah, I, I, you know, like if you don't have ice, if you're like in a cabin and you're like, golly, I really want an iced coffee and you don't have mm-hmm. ice. I get it. But if you're Reese Witherspoon, you could have a courier bring you ice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the nice <laughs> shaved whatever, you know, like, yeah, 
you sure could. I guess to me, it's one of those things with like all the options available to you, Mm. especially as you're a celebrity. Do we need to be eating snow? But I guess it's okay. (laughs) I don't know. But but she did clap back and she went and she got did. the snow and then melted it yeah. to show that it was clear water. Right. Which, and I thought that that was very clever for her haters. So there's so many people on here saying that snow is dirty. So we went and took snow from the backyard and we microwaved it and it's clear. Is this bad? <laughs> Am I not supposed to eat snow? I mean, I, the clearness of the water only tells us so much about the state of the water, though, right? Yeah. Whatever. Not pollutants, but no pee-pee. You know, <laughs> that's very true. Okay, so where where on the burden to delight spectrum is this one? I find it delightful. Celebrities are not, not like us. They're weird. Bring back celebrities being weird. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. need you to be relatable. Bring back celebrities being kooky and like um, unrelatable and strange. And she shouldn't have to apologize. It's a sleigh. Yeah. I like this one too because it's kooky and it doesn't cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it like Ooh, is a yeah. thing that you could do tomorrow if it were snowy and you wanted to. Okay. You guys have convinced me. I'll, I'll go, I'll go delight. Yes. Amazing. I'll say delight for you, delightful for you, not for me. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. That's fine. I understand. <laughs> okay, so our last one, The Atlantic came out with an article this week with the headline, Gummy Vitamins Are Just Candy, which made me so sad. I How feel like the headline you? says it all. Essentially, the amount you? of sugar them. It really is. It's just, I mean, they're candy. But I love vitamins and I save my gummies for last because they're the tastiest. Um, I don't know. Does this, okay, Gabe, you seem fired up. Are you going to reassess your gummy vitamin intake because of this? I don't, I I have had problems with gummy vitamins in the past where I Mm. just eat the whole thing. Oh, you, Um, (laughs) yeah, they don't recommend that. Yeah. 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 That's not great. I love gummy bears. Cause they're candy. (laughs) I love gummy bears. I, I rolled into Sundance this weekend, full pack of gummy bears. People were like, that's very silly as a snack. But then Mm. when you go, do you want some? They always want some. So I only like a firm gummy bear. Yeah, same. Um, I don't like a mushy gummy bear. Yeah, I don't. I'm particular. Well, okay, so here's the thing. We know we we didn't know that these were not useful. <sighs> well, well. So my issue was that the article was behind a paywall. Oh no! <laughs> so I only know so much about this topic. <laughs> but did it did it say that that you're like in addition to it being candy, you're not even getting the nutrients or vitamins that it says that you are unlike other types of vitamins or just that vitamins in general don't do anything? It said I mean, it did say you shouldn't eat a whole shit ton of them because that you end up with more nutrient than you need. So, I mean, that is troubling, Gabe, if you're just okay. like challenging. No, I'm not doing bag. it anymore, Greta. <laughs> that was last week. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, I'm the argument I'm sure is that if you just took a tablet that wasn't in gummy form, it is inherently more nutritious than the gummy vitamin. So, Allison, you would you take a gummy vitamin? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. I'm I'm skeptical of the of big vitamins. Yeah, that's fair. with like a doctor's recommendation of a certain type, happy to. If I'm over at Gabe's, Gabe's got a, a gummy multivitamin. A bowl I might full pop of gummy multivitamins. On yeah, the yeah, vitamin <laughs> D. We should just to nibble on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm. I guess I'm not like so shocked by this because mm. I feel like we're constantly hearing that these supplements don't actually do 
what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I did still think it was a rude headline. I'm going to go burden on this one. I'm bummed out. I'll go burden. Yeah, because I do love candy. If you need to know one thing about me, it's how much I love candy. (laughs) What do you think, Gabe? So I agree. I agree. Burden. (laughs) Well, Gabe, Allison, thank you both very much for coming on. And it's always a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's so great to see you. Right after the break, Liberty Hardy and I are going to holler about some books. Twenty twenty four is a whole new year, and that means there is a whole new pile of books to add to your TBR lists and library holds. But what should you read? This is the perfect question for Liberty Hardy. She hosts Book Riot's All the Books podcast. She sometimes reads a book as far as a year before it even gets published, and she reads more than anyone I know. In fact, I guessed that she probably already read about a million books coming out in 2024. I have not read a million of this year's books. I've only read 58 so far. And she brought five upcoming titles to rave about. It was hard to pick. I had to write them all down on a whiteboard and then I closed my eyes and pointed and whichever ones I erased a little bit of first were like the ones that I went with today. I picked five too and we are going to share them chronologically, which means our first pick is Martyr, which is also Nerdette's book club pick for March. It is by Kaveh Akbar and it is phenomenal. Now, Liberty, you have not gotten to this one yet, right? I haven't. I'm going to read it tonight. It's on my my calendar. Oh, it's so good. So I first found out about it because I went to an event with Ann Patchett when she was in Chicago in November and she raved about it. And it's been, I mean, it's getting a lot of buzz and it is truly phenomenal. So I don't even know that I want to say that much about it, but I just think it's not necessarily speculative though there is a lot of dream stuff in it but I think what it does and what I love about it is that it is super intense and doesn't skim over difficult themes and topics I mean really the whole argument in the book is like he's trying to decide whether and how he should die and how to make it worthwhile but there's such a sweetness to it at the same time, which I just love when a book can pull off that combination. There's kind of nothing like it. It sounds amazing. It's really good. I think you're going to love it. Um, Okay. So the next book on our list is yours and it comes out on January 30th and it's called interesting facts about space. This one, I Liberty knowing you was sort of like, is this going to be a middle grade book about outer space? (laughs) It could be, but it's not. It's an incredible novel for adults. With no speculative elements. Okay. Uh, it's by Emily Austin, who is the author of Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead. Which, which is I remember you raving about so a fantastic. couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. This one is about a young woman named Enid. She loves true crime podcasts and learning about space. She's not thrilled with social interaction or serious relationships. And her irrational fear is bald men. <laughs> now, she's also at this juncture in her life just starting to get to know her half-sisters, Uh, Her father dies and she is contacted by them. She's never met them. She was never allowed to. Mm -hmm. Um, She's also concerned that someone has been going into her apartment while she's not home, which is bad. Mm -hmm. So while she's dealing with this, you know, just all of this is going on and she's telling us about space. Um, Austin writes these heartbreaking but funny stories, which are the best kind, in my opinion, you know, Mm -hmm. laugh through the tears, about characters that are so 
real. They have unresolved childhood trauma. They have anxiety. They make social missteps. They're just so human. And I love them so much. Mm, That sounds really sweet. I'm excited for that one now. Um, Okay. So the next one on your list that comes out on February 6th is Night Watching by Tracy Sierra. Yes. So because I like to do these things to myself, uh, I was watching a publisher event for this book and people in the chat kept saying, oh, I've read this. And oh my God, I had to sleep with the lights on when I read this. (gasps) And I was like, challenge accepted. (laughs) Uh, And they were not wrong. Um, If Home Invasion is high on your list of fears, uh, this is a very stressful book and you might want to skip it. It's because that's what the whole book is about. Mm, Okay, I didn't even realize that we never learned the main character's name until days after I finished it. That's how (laughs) wrapped up I was in the story. It didn't even occur to me. Seriously. It's about a mother and her daughter and son. They're like seven and five or seven and nine, something like that. Mm. Um, I read it a long time ago. I can't remember. Um, But they're home together. The husband is not there. There's a huge blizzard. It's bedtime. She's put them to bed. She's about to get in bed herself. They live in this very large old house that people have said is haunted. This Mm. is a recent move. They've only been living there for a few months or Mm -hmm. several months. Um, And so the mother has just checked on her two sleeping kids when she hears someone coming up the stairs to the bedroom. Now all the lights are off, but she can see the outline of a very large man at the top of the stairs. So she realizes he can't see her. She gets the kids out of bed. She hustles them down the back stairs to her husband's office where there is a hidden crawl space and they get in there. So now it's nighttime. There's a blizzard. They're hiding inside the wall. She doesn't Mm -hmm. have her phone because she didn't have time to grab it. Mm -hmm. And the intruder is searching all over the house for them. So how, like, how long can he stay in the house if he can't find them? Oh, my God. It turns out a long time. And as the hours goes by, she has to you know, decide what she's going to do. She's like, who is this man? How did he get in my locked house? Um, She has to decide if she's going to try and escape into the blizzard and run for help to her nearest neighbors or stay and fight this man. So I won't tell you any more about it, except it's wild. It sounds very stressful. Yeah. Very. I loved it. I slept with the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, okay. So the next one on our list comes out March 5th and this is one of my picks and this is Sochil Gonzalez's second book and it is called Anita DeMonte laughs last. Have you read this one yet? I haven't. Oh my God. So this one is really fun. There's like a campus novel aspect of it, but then there are also these flashbacks that involve a artist who is married to like a really annoying white guy And he drives her nuts and you learn more and more about their relationship over the course of the story as well. And that's kind of all I want to say about it. I am like 40% of the way in and something crazy just happened. And I'm so excited to see what happens next. I think this is just, I loved Sochil's first book, Olga Dies Dreaming. It was a nerd at book club pick a couple of years ago. And I'm so thrilled about this one because I think she's just like upping the ante in every way. And I'm really excited about that. And the cover is stunning. Oh, it's gorgeous. So much neon. Yes. I love it. Okay, moving on to March 19th is another selection of mine. It is The Princess of Las Vegas by Chris Bojalian, who has written so many books. You've read them before, right? I have. I read this one. Did you? What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he pulls off something where his books are, and I haven't read that many of them, but they're they're juicy, but also hat like literary at the same time. Like they're mm-hmm. so smart, but 
but they feel like candy, which is one of my favorite genres of book. Yeah. And it's such an unusual, you know, plot. A Princess Diana impersonator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just real quick, um, I can say this about a lot of authors. Like they're like most every author I've ever met is super nice. But Chris Bojalen is like the nicest person you will ever meet. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's I love genuine. That. Yay. Okay. So the next one, jumping ahead to April, which does feel like a very long time from now, but it's right around the corner. Um, April 9th is when the second installment of My Favorite Thing is Monsters comes out by Emile Ferris. Yes. So I have not had the pleasure of reading this yet because there are no advanced copies because everyone is clamoring for it and they Mm. don't need to do it. Um, (laughs) And this is like one of the most sought after books of the last decade. Yeah. The first volume of My Favorite Thing is Monsters is like the greatest graphic novel I've ever read. Mm. It's about a young child in the 60s. She wears a werewolf mask and she thinks her upstairs neighbor has been murdered. There's a and whole lot Chicago, more going on. Which yeah, is fun. In Chicago. And the artwork is unlike anything you've ever seen. She does it with pen and ink. It's incredible. Right. That book took 10 years for her to finish and come out. I listened to an interview. She was very ill. And then the container ship that was carrying them uh, the company went out of business, and so while it was in the Panama Canal, so the Panamanian <gasps> government took possession of it. Oh, my God. Um, so I didn't took, know that. It took so long for that first one to come out. This one has taken almost as long. The pub date has been changed several times over the last few years, um, but this new date, April 9th, has has lasted almost a year. So fingers crossed that this is actually it. And it, I, I'm so excited. Uh, I am as excited as, as anyone uh, to read this. You know, like, great... You know, I just want to say, like, be excited about the books that you are waiting for. But mm. if for some reason it doesn't come out on April 9th or, or any other book that you're excited about for for that matter, don't direct it at the authors. Like, they're doing the best that they can. <laughs> yeah. You know, as Neil Gaiman once said to people yelling about the sixth Game of Thrones book, mm. George R.R. R. Martin is not your bitch. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin is also arguably living his best life without yeah. writing that book. So yeah. I don't know what more we need from him anyway. <laughs> well, and the other way we could say this is your consolation prize for April 9th also could be uh, one of my selections, which I know you also have read, which is Sarah Langan's next book called A yes. Better World. Oh my God. This one, oh, how do you even describe A Better World? I don't even know. Right? Yeah. I mean, here's what I will say. So we actually, we had, I interviewed Sarah Langan for uh, the book that came out a couple of years ago now called Good Neighbors. And that was the first of hers that I had read. She writes a lot of more kind of typical horror though. And these are, have horrific elements, but I will say they're more in the vein of like suburban thriller sort of. Yeah. Social but horror. Social horror. That's a good way of putting it. But yeah, this is one of those books that will be very difficult to put down. Like you're just going to read so hard because you have to know what's going to happen. Yeah. It gave me Ira Levin 1970s horror vibes. Yes. Ooh, that's a really good way of putting that. Um, okay. So jumping ahead a couple weeks, April 23rd is when the dead cat tail assassins comes out, which is on my radar because you have praised it to me in the past. I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited about it. Well, honestly, it was the first book of 2024 that I read. And I was mm. like, I don't need to read anything else. This is amazing. <laughs> and then I got over it. But like for a few minutes, I was like, this is the best. It's so fun. This is by P. Jelly Clark. Clark has become one of my new favorite authors. If you haven't read his Jin series, 
go back and do that because that mm. is incredible. This mm -hmm. is a standalone, but I think it's my favorite of his yet. It's a oh, dark cool. fantasy about Avine the Eviscerator. She's <laughs> part of a guild of assassins called, you know, the Dead Cattail Assassins. Amazing. And they take jobs that they're given and they live by three vows, one of which is that you must complete the job that you accept. These are unbreakable vows. Like you just can't, you just can't do it. And, but when Evine takes a job that turns out to defy explanation, it causes her to break that vow, uh -oh. which is bad because she quickly finds herself on the wrong side of the people she works with who are assassins. So yep. that's yep. bad news. Would yep. have been safer becoming an accountant. But can she figure out just what is going on before she gets herself killed? This is a fast, smart, occasionally super dark novella, which is like my favorite flavor combination. Mm -hmm. And bonus, there are actually no dead cats. It's just oh. what they like to call themselves. They thought the name was cool. <laughs> that is actually a bonus. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. Um, okay, so both of our last picks don't come out till June, but I think it's nice to have something to look forward to even in June. Um, I didn't know that Robin Sloan had a new book coming out, but it's on your list. It's called Moonbound and it comes out June 11th. Yes. So I love Robin Sloan's first two books, Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore and Sourdough. Mm -hmm. I saw an e-galley of this come in and I sat down and I literally read it right then. Like, it was like, I'm done with everything today. And I read it. I didn't read what it was about. I just read it. I love that. And I'm going to give you a very brief description today. I highly recommend that you don't read any other descriptions Great. or reviews because there's a big thing people keep mentioning that I would have found to be a spoiler. Oh, I read interesting. About it first. Okay. So, this is just one of the most original, weird, wonderful things I've ever read. So I'm just going to give you the basics. Hmm. It's set 13,000 years in the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. But don't worry. They still have coffee. I hope that's, <laughs> I hope that's not a spoiler. Um, it's about a young boy who lives in a village. That village also has a wizard. And the young boy will have to go on an adventure along with an ancient piece of AI that documents everything. Interesting. It is remarkable. It tied my brain in knots in the best, most delightful way. It's so, so good. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to, I mean, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore is like, I mean, what a great book. Yeah. This one is like nothing like the other two. I mean, really just wild out there. That's so cool. I love that. So I would also describe the book I chose as wild and out there, but in more literal senses, um, Bear by Julia Phillips comes out June 25th. Have you read this one yet? I have not. Way to go picking books I haven't read yet. It's another buzzy title from the year. And it is about these two sisters who live on an isolated island um, in like the San Juan Islands off Seattle. And a bear shows up outside their house and they both react in very different ways, but their lives are definitely upended by the appearance of this bear. And it's, I'm haunted by it. I would say it's funny. I brought it with me on vacation this year and it's definitely more vibes than plot, which is not usually what I would choose for a vacation book, but I just couldn't put it down. And I'm so glad I read it and I can't wait to hear what other people think of it when they get to it. Yeah. Disappearing Earth was fantastic. So I can Yes, only that was her first book. I mm -hmm. am excited to read that one now. Yeah. Can I tell you a true story? Yes, please. Okay. So we were going back and forth about what titles we were going to pick. Yeah. So then I couldn't decide... 
between Moonbound uh-huh. and there was this other book that I love called The mm-hmm. Husbands by Holly oh, Gramazio. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so my husband and my cats were in the kitchen and I said, whoever walks out first, if my husband walks out first, I'm going with the husbands. And if a cat walks out first, I'm going with Moonbound. And the cat, the cat won. <laughs> okay. You want to tell us about the husbands? Um, I didn't write any notes for this one, but it's, <laughs> it's very easy to tell you about. It is about this woman whose attic in her flat starts swapping out her husbands. She comes home one night and there's a man in her apartment and she's like, I know I'm drunk, but who are you? He's like, I'm your husband. And she's like, I'm not married. And then she looks around and everything in the apartment supports this theory that she's married to this man. And now she's thinking, maybe I had too much to drink. Maybe I hit my head. Maybe I'm in a coma and I don't know what's going on. So she decides to go with it for a little while. And eventually her husband goes upstairs to get something in the attic. And when he comes down, he's a totally different guy. And she discovers that her attic is swapping her husband's out. And every time one goes upstairs, a different one comes down. And eventually she decides, like, I'm just going to keep sending him up until I get one that I like. But, like, how long can she do that for? Oh, my God. The pitch or the the slogan for this book, I don't know what I would call it, um, was created by the author herself. And it's, do you take this man? No. How about this one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's really fun. She got an enormous deal. There was a huge bidding war for this, and they already sold the film rights for like a ton. Like, congratulations oh to her because it's completely worth it. You're going to be hearing about this book everywhere. Well, Liberty, thank you very much for coming on. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Well, thank you for having me. I love talking about books. Since I taped this conversation with Liberty, I read Beautyland by Marie Helene Bertino, and I loved it so much that we decided it is going to be our April book club pick. That means we have the next three months of book club decided, which is so exciting. Here's the quick recap. February is Come and Get It by Kylie Reed. March is Martyr by Kaveh Akbar. And April, as I said, is Beautyland by Marie Helene Bertino. As of this coming Tuesday, all three of those books will be out. So I am super excited. I also want to tell you that it is never too early to send in a voicemail with your thoughts about any of those books. All you need to do is record yourself on your smartphone and email that file to nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. And in case you've never really followed along with our book club episodes before, the way they work is we do a spoiler-free author interview the first Tuesday of the month. And then the last Tuesday of the month, we do like a spoilery deep dive panel discussion with two other excellent humans. It's a great time. We always love to hear from you. So participate as much or as little as you like. Nerdette is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. 